Welcome to Gunfighter Cast, Episode 71. I'm Daniel Shaw, here with our co-host, John McGregor. Hi, John. Hey, Daniel. How are you? Um, living the dream at this point. Same here, man. Same here. Well, I have over 15 years of experience as a U.S. Marine infantryman, and John has over 20 years of experience as a law enforcement officer. Combined, we have about 30 years of experience as firearms instructors and 32 years of experience of concealed or off-duty carry. The purpose of this show is to discuss firearms, equipment, and training as it relates to self-defense from a military, law enforcement, and civilian perspective. We're going to continue on with our home defense series that kind of just became a series. We were just going to talk one time about one thing, and then in the middle of the show, we decided to talk about some more stuff and go more and more into detail about other things. And then we started getting emails, and everybody wants to talk about guns. Why? I don't understand that, John. Do you? Why do they want to talk about guns? No, I, I can't. Doesn't doesn't figure. I don't get it. So uh, this episode, we are going to talk a little bit about firearm choice for home defense, as well as what kind of lights, or the use of lights on uh, your weapon that you choose in your home. But of course, before we get into all that stuff, we got to talk a little bit about our sponsor. Yes, Aries Gear. Best belts in the business. You still uh, wearing yours every day? I am wearing mine uh, every single day. I have two of them, and I wear one with my uniform and one with my civilian attire. Oh, that's right. You have more than one. I just have the one. Jake likes me more. You know, it's like must be that infantry man thing. I, I guess. Know. Yeah. But uh, I've been, um, yeah, I've still been trying to beat it up. I've uh, managed to scrape up the buckle some more, uh, crawling around on a roof and jumping down in the dirt and on concrete and stuff. And uh, that's the only, the only wear on it still is just the uh, little bit of paint on the buckles all worn off. The actual belt itself still holding up well, doing... Uh, you know, doing emergency reloads, uh, you know, one-handed stuff where you're, you know, racking your sights off the belt and it's uh, holding up, you know, like a, like it's new. Really, very soon, I'm going to be able to hang a gun on it and some magazine pouches, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Cool. So we um, had a little contest recently, thanks to Ares, correct? That we did. Uh, we gave away one Ares gear Ranger belt uh, and two 20% off coupons to be used at AriesGear.com. We actually haven't given them, given them away yet because the winners uh, posted on Facebook who the winners are, but they haven't gotten in touch with me yet. But, so we'll go ahead and tell you who you are right now, and you shoot me an email, uh, and we will get that stuff to you. We had two winners of 20% off coupons. Those winners are Brett Badal. Congratulations. You won 20% off coupon at AriesGear.com. Also, John Mayer. One, a 20% off coupon to be used at AriesGear.com. Congratulations, John and Brett. Shoot me an email, Daniel at GunfighterCast.com, and we'll get those to you. And go spend some money at Aries Gear and get 20% off. That's the best discount you can possibly get, no matter if you're military, law enforcement, or anything at Aries Gear. Yeah, that's actually better than law enforcement military. So, enjoy. Uh, and the grand prize winner. The uh, grand prize winner for the Aries Gear Ranger Belt is... Ralph Dahlstrom. Congratulations. Ralph Dahlstrom. Congratulations, Ralph. Good job, Ralph. So uh, get in touch with us so that we can uh, hook you up with Jake at AriesGear.com, and we'll uh, get you hooked up with your prizes. Yep. Ralph, go to AriesGear.com, look under FAC, and find what size you need. Let me know what size you need. Everyone else out there, if you're wondering about sizes when you go online, if you need a small, medium, or large, or whatever size you need, you as well. Go to FAC, see what size you need, and uh, go ahead and order the one you need or want at AriesGear.com. All right. Uh, next, we got a little announcement about the 2012 Podcast Awards. 
I know there's a lot of good gun podcasts out there and a lot of other good podcasts out there. I went there and nominated our podcast, of course, because you got to do that, right? It's just the way it is. And also nominated some non-gun related podcasts that I listen to, as well as quite a few gun related podcasts that uh, I listen to. And I would ask for you to do the same thing. Gunfightercast is under education, uh, so definitely put it in there. If you go there to podcast.com or podcastawards.com to nominate us, might as well put us under best produced and people's choice while you're at it too, right? I put a little ha-ha on the people's choice, on the uh, best produced. Yeah. I mean, we might as well see if we can abuse the system, see uh, what we can get away with. Yeah, and do that on your work computer, your home computer. Use every email you need. Get us out there. Pretty cool. Go to the Apple Store. Do it on all those computers. We may have a chance of winning. And if Gunfighter Cast happens to be a show that you just listen to every once in a while, but you kind of don't like it, at least we need to represent the gun community and all the gun podcasts out there. So go to podcastawards.com and put all your favorite gun podcasts up there and nominate them. So we need to represent. Yeah, what are we, uh, gun dudes? We're hoping uh, does well in the entertainment category. I put, I put them under comedy and entertainment. I nominated oh, those go. for both, myself. Mm-hmm. And that'd be awesome. Got to get somebody we know up. Yep. Say so we know them so we can name drop. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, anything else before we get into Weapon Mountain Lights, Sean? Uh, I have no other announcements. Let's uh, get right into it. Let's do this. So, Weapons Mounted Lights. You, um, uh, I think when you approached me about this topic, you wanted to talk about the, uh, the advantages and disadvantages to each and in particular different weapon systems. So I was curious to hear your take on that. You know, generally, one of the things for, you know, home defense type of scenario, you know, the reason that light's so important is that we need to identify the target. I mean, there was just a, uh, a recent story about, uh, you know, somebody that shot their own son, you know, who was wearing a ski mask or something. And there have been, you know, all kinds of things that have happened throughout the years where, you know, the wrong people get shot. And a weapon-mounted light, uh, white light, is uh, one of the things that's going to help prevent that. We touched on it a little bit in uh, the episode before last when we initially started talking about home defense. And we both completely agreed that we should have a, we- a light on the weapon as well as a light in our hands separate from the weapon. Uh, there may be times, that, we, as we discussed, that you may not have a free hand to run that light you at least have a hand on that gun and you can use that light. Better to have both because one, we don't want to go around pointing our gun uh, at our children and people that we don't want to shoot to get good target identification on them because they are not a target. Uh, so it's good to have that light in the offhand. Well, it's uh, kind of a redundant type of system. You know, in case one goes down, you've got the other light. But like you said, a weapons-mounted light is not a flashlight. It's only, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that we can do with our flashlight or that we should do with our flashlight. But pretty much the the purpose of our weapons-mounted lights is to uh, engage a target if, you know, if we can engage it beforehand. Uh, Sorry, if we can identify it beforehand. I just bought an X300, and I could turn all the lights out in my biggest room in my house and shine that on the floor right in front of me, and it pretty well illuminates most of the whole room. I can't see fine details and faces or anything like that. So the tendency is, especially under stress, that I'm going to want to shine that light and get the best optical clarity I can on, you know, that could be bad guy or could be good guy. So the tendency would be, if you just have a light on the weapon, to is to point that light at either the bad guy if it is one or maybe your child coming home and you didn't expect him to be coming home because he was at a friend's house that's why we say that you should have one in your offhand or some kind of redundancy so you can use that and that's your primary searching 
light, uh, the one on your weapon is for target engagement. And uh, kind of recently, I think it uh, the gun dudes they had a uh, well, they had Jason Christensen come on. They talked about a bunch of different. Uh, I think they just went into the pistol lights, but there's certainly a lot of options out there. Uh, I mean, it used to be to get you know a white light on your on your pistol or long gun used to be uh, much more of an investment than it is now. There's a lot of inexpensive alternatives if uh, all you're looking for is white light. So really not much of an excuse not to, uh, you know, not to have one. Yeah, there's plenty of options out there. What are some options that you've used, John? Well, we've got um, the next town over from where I am and one of the towns in kind of the region where our SWAT team operates out of is uh, Insight Technologies. So we like to use their stuff. It's good stuff. And, uh, you know, also just that, you know, support your local businesses. And also if you do have any issue, it's just, you know, get in the car and, you know, they'll help you out as opposed to having to mail it off for a couple of weeks and all that business. But most of uh, what we're running and most of what I have, you know, personally is uh, Insight Technology stuff. And that's uh, like the M3, M3X, M6, yep. M6X. Uh, Procyon, uh, and then they've got uh, they've got a kind of a neat little uh, neat little weapons mounted light, and um, it's kind of a rail type of feature. It's it's hard to describe. It's not like on a regular M3, M6. You get that little crossbar you pull down. This mm-hmm. is more of a, a kind of latch that kind of pinches it together from from left to right on the rail. So I mean, it's very secure. It doesn't it doesn't rock around at all. And but what's um, neat about it is that it runs on AA batteries. So you know the most popular battery out there. You can usually get your hands on a set of AA's. This runs off the AA's. And what they did with uh, you know, the improvements in the technologies is because you know you can make the light smaller. It's basically the same size as the M3s, M6s. It's just the battery compartment's longer for the for the double A's, but the, the lighting portion is shorter, but the overall length remains the same. All right. I've never used the M3 or the M6. The M6 has the laser on it as well. If you if you want a laser on your gun, that could be a different show topic at some other point. I, I've got a lot of experience with the Streamlight TLR1s and uh, the Surefire lights. And whether it's a rifle surefire or uh, the big ones that I've got that basically will light up the world when you turn it on. And as Tom used to say, burn the skin right off a zombie. Also, that I got an X300 now, and that's my new light that's definitely uh, replaced my TLR1. Uh, money, it cost me about 25 bucks more than the TLR1. They were on sale at LA Police Gear. So uh, I went with a surefire that's usually a bit more expensive. And it's just it seems smaller. The light on it is smaller, but it's quite a bit brighter uh, it's a little bit lighter weight and uh i mean i don't really notice that usually myself anyway but i'm sure that matters to somebody i am very impressed by that surefire x300 i don't know if they're still on sale but you can take a look at them at lapolicegear.com it's where i got mine you know one thing that's uh kind of with the uh kind of advances i mean it used to be that uh you, know, you have the the pistol mounted light and then maybe for your shotgun you'd have the lighted end and I know we used to have on our, we had uh, some ARs, you know, this this huge thing on the fore end that mounted for the weapons mounted lights. Now it's, you know, if you if you can, you know, get yourself, you know, just a, uh, you know, like your, your 3X or your 6X or, you know, any of these lights with the rail, uh, you know, you're finding shotgun mounts with the, you know, with the rails on the fore end and, you know, all, a lot of people like the the rifles with the quad rails and stuff. You don't have to have 
a light for for one specific type of weapon system. You know, depending on what you're how you're set up, you can have the same light, move it from uh, unit to unit. It's pretty convenient. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I used to run a TLR one on my AR, and it worked just fine. Uh, you can either set it up next to your you know foregrip so you can work it with your thumb, or you know run a remote switch if you want to pay a little extra money for the remote kit. But that's uh, definitely an option. I mean, they're plenty bright, especially if you're talking about a home situation. Now, if I'm out mm. sitting in a turret or, uh, you know, I'm in Afghanistan or, you know, wherever else we're going to be next time, I want my big surefire light. I don't remember the size of the lumens it has, but uh, crazy bright. And I'll put that on the side of my rifle. And I want that so I could spotlight things and mm-hmm. illuminate it for myself and everybody else. And we're outside. Uh, I may be shining something on something quite a ways away. But for your house, that big $250 light is definitely not necessary on your AR. You go spend 80 bucks on a TLR-1, and that's going to light up your whole house. No trouble. Mm-hmm. Or the M3. Some of those are you know, very affordable, too. Uh, the one thing I would say, and most of these lights are there now. Every once in a while, you might run across one that's not. But make sure you get LED. That's much, much more resilient to shock, as well as turning on and off. And a lot of them will have a pulse feature, some different features on there. It's going to maintain its brightness. So uh, I would look at, make sure you're getting the LED. There was a while where I, I had a Surefire light that if I accidentally dropped it or set it down too hard, I'd have to go spend 15 bucks on a new bulb. Thankfully, we we're past that now with LED bulbs and uh, all this technology. So uh, make sure you're getting one with the LED. That's one thing I would, I would definitely not get a light right now, especially to put on a gun that has a lot of shock happening to it when you're firing it. That's not LED. Yeah, and I don't know, uh, I don't have experience with the streamlights and the surefires, but uh, with the insights, you know, even if you do happen to either find one of the older ones, either by buying it or you've already got one, they've got the LED upgrade kits. It's definitely a worthwhile investment. You know, get the kit, upgrade it to LED, and then you've got, uh, you know, minimal investment. You get a lot more reliable lighting system. Oh, I didn't know that. So you, if you've got an old M3 or M6, and it's not LED. You just buy the kit, throw it in yep, there. That's that's what I've done with mine. I originally had the uh, the incandescence and uh, swapped them out for LED. That's good to know. Plus, um, not quite so much heat generated if it happens to get uh, if it happens to get turned on in the holster. Hopefully, you won't burst out in flames. Yeah, you don't want that to happen, or you know, melt your kydex. Unless yeah. you're trying to remold it. Yes, if you're not Jason Christensen, you shouldn't be. Uh, right. Heating it up from the inside, probably. I got an email or Facebook post, and they posted on this show uh, or the, our last show when we talked about home defense or, or armor, I'm not sure, mm. asking us to talk about or giving us the recommendation of a headlamp uh, using that for, you know, if you had to go out and of your bedroom and, you know, get your children or whatever. I did see that. I don't think the headlamp is a great idea myself. Uh, I think no. it could be very difficult to toggle that on and off. Uh, I think you're kind of painting a target to a very bad spot to get shot in your body. I mean, granted, when we have our weapon in front of us, our pistol in front of us, and we're using that light, yes, that's going to be basically in the center of our body. However, we really shouldn't be using that light too much unless it's time that we decide that we need to get on our trigger. Uh, There's different techniques you can use with that light in your offhand to where you can pull it out to the side. I can't remember off the top of my head right now the name of the technique that whoever said, hey, hold your light out here instead of in front of you. And suddenly he got to put his name on something. I don't think it's a great idea just for the sake of not being able to 
to manipulate it, turn it on and off, pulse it whenever you need it, and then turn it off whenever you don't need it, and also the fact that it is on your grape. Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, definitely a concern. I mean, it's you know, it's not that uh, you know, head mounted light doesn't have its uses because it's you know a good piece of you know your basic survival gear. You got to move around in the dark. That's not a tactical situation, but uh, yeah, it's definitely not something. You know, I'd suggest if you do have to move around, you know, like you're saying, go get the kids or, you know, corral everybody to your, your kind of safe area. But, I mean, I, I guess I can, uh, I mean, if that's all you have, that's all you have. But If that's all you have, put it in your non-firing hand. Use it yeah. in your hand. And then maybe after the situation, say these guys were pretty elaborate bad guys that are doing a home invasion. They actually cut your power. Mm. And something happens, someone's hurt. You know, you have to do first aid or something. You have no lights. That light that's in your hand you know, that can be strapped to your head now just became more useful than my surefire that would be in my hand. Because now you can put it on your head and, you know, do first aid or whatever you need to do. I think it's a good idea to have it in your hand, not so much on your head. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, uh, you know, the old adage, you know, two is one and one is none. You know, if you, if something does happen where your, your flashlight goes down or your, your weapons light goes down, if you do have something like that, you can, like you said, transition to your hand and now you're still in it. Yep. All right. What kind of guns are we going to put these lights on? Any that we have. How's that? I like that. I think, uh, and I think we've touched upon this before, too. I mean, a lot of people ask the question, you know, what's the best home defense weapon? And if you don't take into account what home you're putting it into and, you know, your neighborhood and people around you, it's almost impossible to answer that question. Everybody's got their own kind of unique circumstance. And so it's really something that, you know, you're going to have to do some kind of soul searching or, or just look at your place and your level of training and figure out what's best for you. I guess the way I'd look at it is not what's the best home defense weapon, but maybe what are the advantages and disadvantages of each type of system. So uh, let's start. You want to talk, let's talk uh, advantages and disadvantages to a handgun. All right, a handgun. We touched on a little bit this uh, on this one uh, in our first home defense episode when I was talking about I would have to go pick up my two-year-old out of his room or go to that room. and may have to be carrying a 10-year-old as well because waking him up and getting him to move real quickly is not going to happen ever. So I don't need to be trying to run uh, an AR or uh, a shotgun, you know, doing that at the same time. It's just not going to work out very well. Uh, but the pistol, I can easily do that at the same time uh, and do it accurately. So for me, in my current situation, having a family with small children, the pistol is, is my choice. I think that it offers the best advantage for me. But in my room where I will be ensconcing, I also will have a long gun, a shotgun, and an AR. Whichever one's closest is getting grabbed, you know. Those are both going to work very well. And But the, uh, the pistol for me is the initial quick grab. I can fight. I can defend right now. It's right here. It doesn't take... It's small. It's easy to manipulate. It's easy to move around, carry it in my hand, carry a kid, shoot bad guys if I need to. The rifle and shotgun. Uh, Masada Ayub says it like this. Uh, the pistol is what you, you grab right away, and then your, your shotgun or your rifle is your artillery. Uh, that's what you have in the back where you're going to actually defend your area. And I think that's a good way of explaining it, and uh, I really believe along those lines. Yeah, the uh, the advantage of the pistol is, I mean, in depending on how you're you know, your residence is set up or whatever. I mean, you can have a nice little pistol box or, you know, some type of pistol storage, like real close. It's sometimes a little harder to find something that you can 
you can lock up a, a rifle or shotgun to that's as convenient as that pistol box. And like you're saying, one-handed operation. I mean, it's not just about uh, you know dragging kids around. Um, you know, could be you need to you need that other hand on the phone. Yep. Uh, you want to you know we talked about using flashlights for you know for searching and so forth. You know, it's not super easy to to control a long gun in one hand and be running a flashlight with the other, and then you know transition to the weapon light if something bad does happen. So it's a little easier to have those two lights running running separately as well with a uh, some type of handgun. Yep. You also get, uh, I think, with a handgun too. Depending on the, I think with any of this with this stuff, it's going to be your you know your level of training. It's you know you might find yourself in a I don't know a little exaggerated situation, but you know a Laws rocket might be nice for for home defense or whatever. But I don't know how to use one, so it's not going to do me any good. And do you really want to tear your house up with a, a law? Yeah. So if, you know, if you do all your, your training with a pistol and you never run, you know, you never run that shotgun, that might, or, you know, shotgun or the rifle, you may find some complications that you didn't anticipate that you're not going to want to work through under that stress. You know, we could do a class on the AT4, the law, and uh, the shoulder-fired multipurpose assault weapon, the small, uh, in the future, if you like, so you could learn how to use those. When you say we, I assume you've got somebody on your end to help you with that, because... Well, you ask right. questions and I'll talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, that that's how it would have to be. All around, you also have different calibers you can look at, different types of ammunition that you can use. If uh, you're in a very thin-skinned apartment, like some of the ones that I've lived in, places I've lived, where I don't even think they put insulation between the walls of our neighbors, and it's sheetrock on one side, 2 by 4 16 on the center, and sheetrock on the other side and in somebody else's house. You'd probably want to go with something that doesn't penetrate so well. And you can go with some different ammunition, and, and there's a variety out there, frangible and other things that don't penetrate as well as others. Yeah, I would definitely do some, try and do some testing or at least do some research. I mean, I've, you know, I've heard, you know, the theory of using frangible ammunition for, for self-defense, but problem that, that I see with it, and we use, um, you know, at SIG, all the indoor stuff is frangible. If you shoot somebody with it, it's it's basically like a full metal jacket. But I don't believe it's supposed to break up unless it hits something of uh, you know significant, somewhat strength, solid, like a yep. yeah, like a steel target. So I'd be curious to know. You know, you send a frangible round through a sheetrock wall if that's even going to have any effect on it. My understanding is it's going to it's going to work like a full metal jacket round and just just keep on going because that sheetrock's not going to be uh, hard enough to break it up. Uh, the same thing with um, a lot of hollow points. As it enters that first one, the center of the hollow point actually, in a lot of cases, gets filled with the material. And then it basically becomes hardball ammunition. Which uh, can be a disadvantage to the pistol. Yes. Because, you know, we're going to talk about some with our other weapons where you're actually, you actually get more over-penetration with a pistol than you might think. Especially some of your faster pistol rounds. Like, you know, I'm a fan of the 9mm. That's a very fast round. That's going to penetrate quite a bit, especially uh, objects like sheetrock. There's some videos out there. I think I remember seeing something on the, the Best Defense with Rob Pincus, and uh, I forget who was doing it with him. They were shooting sheetrock and with various weapon systems. I'll see if I can find that. I think you probably have to buy the DVD to watch it. It was season one or season two of the Best Defense, and they were out there doing that with different guns. I'll see if I can look that up. Cool. So any more, uh, any more pistol stuff? Nope. Uh, we want to move on to make, what's your second choice? Carry a pistol. Make sure you hit the bad guy. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Second choice. Well, once I get back to where I'm at, depending on where I'm living, and uh, 
you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the to the Shell family here in the next few months. If I'm going to be back in the States living in Jacksonville, North Carolina at Camp Lejeune or somewhere else, I'm not really sure right now. So if I'm living in a single family dwelling and I've got an acre and a half of land and no houses around me and I'm in a brick house, I'm definitely shooting my rifle with little concern for my rounds leaving my house and hurting someone else. The shotgun is also a good uh, a good option too. I've been thinking about lately getting the wife a 20 gauge. Ballistically, it's not a whole lot less than the 12 gauge at these close ranges that we'd be in a house. Definitely has some advantages. It's a lot lighter, easier to run than, say, a 12 gauge. I think the 20 gauge would be an option for her, uh, for myself. First thing I'm grabbing is the thing that I know how to run with my eyes shut and one arm missing, and that's an AR. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the 20 gauge, too, you've got maybe uh, not the age yet to be helping in your home defense plan but you know soon enough you'll have some some uh, kids old enough to run that shotgun that'll be uh, nice not only for you know for a wife but you know maybe uh some of your older kids down the road yep they'll grow into it all right so we're talking about the rifles first so um as far as advantages to the rifle what uh what about ballistics should we be super concerned with over penetration because it's a uh because it's a big scary rifle uh, well, I think it would depend on you know caliber, yeah, the ammunition you're using as well. I think over-penetration on an individual, if you're using, say, an AR-15, I wouldn't be too concerned for over-penetration if I were actually hitting my target. It's going through those sheetrock walls and things that we talked about that uh, that could have an effect. Mm-hmm. And I know... Um you know, it used to be MP5s, you know, running 9 millimeter pistol cartridge. That was our, you know, most teams, that was the, you know, the SWAT long gun that everybody was using. Yep. And they found that they actually, it was actually more of an over-penetration with that 9mm cartridge because of, you know, because of the weight of the cartridge than going with something like an M4 with a lighter projectile tends to uh, dump its energy pretty quick. So it's actually less over-penetration in a lot of cases. Because like you already said, you know, a lot of times the pistol, your defensive ammunition's got a nice hollow point that you know, if you happen to miss, gets clogged up with sheetrock material, and now you got a full metal jacketed round headed downrange. Yeah, and most of these MP5s that they're running for, uh, unless you're super high speed like Border Patrol and Customs that used to come out and shoot at our range when I was in Virginia, and they would shoot spear gold dot out of their MP5s. And I was like, man, like, you want to spend 100 bucks? I'm like, sure. So I'd shoot a 30 round magazine, you know, of spear gold dot and feel bad mm-hmm. about it. The I bet you didn't. I probably didn't. No, no. You know that, that especially that hardball ammunition. You know, with the nine millimeter with the MP5. But I love that gun. Don't talk. We can't. We can't say anything bad about an MP5 ever. It's, it's against, really not bad. It's against the rules. No, it's not. It's just realistic. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, the the five five six especially, and even if you're using something like a five point four five by thirty nine, these rounds are it's designed to leave all the energy in the body. We it's, it, from the get go. Maybe they were concerned about over penetration for other reasons, but it was more of being more ballistically devastating at the terminal level, actually leaving energy in the body and making things not work and causing enough damage to incapacitate threats. And that ends up working very well in our home defense scenario where we're maybe concerned about over-penetration of a target. Did that make any sense? Oh, it was... I think you should have thrown some numbers in there, too. And okay. I, no, that yeah, that that makes sense. Um, it's... You know, you kind of got me thinking, though, too. I mean, you know, we... We talk about long guns, you know, we tend to, you know, think of the uh, the M4 AR or maybe an AK, but, uh, you know, I guess a, a, if all you've got some kind of hunting rifle, you know, or 
you know, lever action, bolt action. I mean, all those can be uh, viable self-defense choices. Obviously, depending on the cartridge, over-penetration becomes more of an issue. So, you know, if you've got a good uh, a backstop or long distance from your neighbors, those are good options as well. Yep. Uh, and very inexpensive option, options. You could pick up a lever gun, uh, maybe some bolt action. If that's all you got, it's all you got. Uh, I would prefer to have something, some type of quickly repeating, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's quite a few lever action options out there that are very inexpensive. And you can throw rails on them and get a light on that gun. A lot of things coming a long ways in that area. Mossberg actually makes a, a pretty sexy lever action with rails on it. Part of their SPX series, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I've, uh, I have seen that. It's uh, It's interesting. Kind of steampunker. <laughs> yeah, it's. it's yeah. I, I use the word "sexy" loosely on that one, but uh, I was. Yeah, that's why I was silent after that because. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put if it's black and it's got rails on it, it's automatically sexy, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I take that. I, I'm I, I, Tony Brown's probably listening to this, like chopping all that out right now because you know he always makes a little spoof audio. He's probably going to yeah. somehow twist that one around worse than I already did. Yeah, I guess it's functional, if uh, especially if you run a lot of lever action. But, you know, just kind of off topic, I mean, lever action, I mean, it's hard to beat the the classic look of a, le- of a lever action. So me personally, I wouldn't go the all black adjustable AR stock and quad rails and stuff. But Yeah, so uh, if you were really going to do your research, if you were really concerned about some of the things we've talked about with the rifle and the pistol, and we still have a guy in the shotgun, and this would still apply to shotgun. Go to Lowe's or Home Depot. Grab you a couple of pieces of sheetrock. Shouldn't cost you very much at all. Go out and put them next to each other, you know, a little space between, and shoot them. Uh, you're going to be able to get multiple hits unless you're just putting something ridiculous on them. And uh, you'll be able to get test pretty much every gun you have and every different type of ammunition you have on those two pieces of sheetrock. And if you really want to make friends when you're done, bring the sheetrock with you instead of leaving it on the range. Yeah, clean your mess up. And if you really want to get high speed and test your round as far as penetration, Google Knox Gelatin and buy you some Knox Gelatin and uh, jump into the pain in the butt that it is to put together Knox Gelatin and get it out to the range and shoot it. But uh, it could be fun. And make sure you video that and put it up on YouTube and send us the link to it because I want to see it too. You were we kind of already touched upon shotguns a little bit. Um, what do you think the particular advantages of the shotgun are? That many, huh? Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> the shotgun. I, I don't like. It. There's a lot of misconceptions about the shotgun out there. I hate when someone yes. says that says that you point a shotgun, you don't aim it. I, that that drives me crazy. I, I don't agree with that whatsoever. Uh, you have even more of a reason to aim a shotgun than you do say. Well, that's kind of not right, but you definitely you've got a lot of pellets coming out of this thing, depending on what kind of shot you're using. You need to have the center of that pattern in the center of your target. Or you're going to have multiple strays. Multiple strays is worse than one stray. Uh, so you want those going into your desired location, not somewhere else. I hate when someone says you point a shotgun and don't aim it. I think that's completely wrong. I also don't like when people say, well, I choose a 12-gauge for my home, a pump for my home defense because it goes cha-ching, and that's the international sound. I get the heck out. I completely disagree with that. I think that there is a little bit of a factor in there, mental uh maybe decrease someone's will to fight because they just heard you rack a, that, that shotgun and they know that you're armed. But if your choice for using that shotgun for home defense is solely based on the fact that it makes a loud noise that can be scary to a bad guy, then you haven't looked at all the things that we've just talked about and the other the advantage of other weapons to that shotgun. 
I don't have a shotgun to scare people. I have a shotgun to shoot people that need to get shot. And I think that's what you got to think about. Yeah, the other uh, kind of the other misconception that I was going to bring up is and kind of goes with your point about aiming, but that, uh, you know, you're just going to point the shotgun in the general direction and there's going to be this huge cone of of stuff coming out and, you know, there's no way you can miss. I mean, unfortunately, at, you know, a typical room distance that you're going to encounter in your house, you know, inside of seven yards, your your shot pattern's probably, uh, you know, going to be measured in, you know, like an inch or two. It's not, you're not going to have all that much of a, a larger shot pattern. So, you know, it's, you still have to hit the target. And it's still easy to miss if all you plan on doing is just closing your eyes and pulling the trigger. Yep. I think a shotgun for home defense needs to have two things. It needs to have a light on it, and it needs to have some type of sights on it. I think if, worst case scenario, you just can't afford it, and yeah, get a 12-gauge that, that just has the regular B dot front sight on it. That's all you got? Great. Then use what you got. Well, I just wanted to throw out the disclaimer. As far as when we're talking about aiming shotguns and pointing shotguns, I mean, we're, I think you and I are both on the same page. We don't shoot clay pigeons and stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I'm sure there's probably some people out there that, uh, you know, doing the uh, the sporting clays or skeet or whatever that is and, you know, talk about pointing the shotgun. Maybe they don't aim the way we aim, but we're definitely just talking the uh, kind of the tactical application. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, it's not a big deal if I'm out and I – even in a competition, and I miss a couple of clays, uh, my life's not going to end. The life of a family member's not going to end. Uh, when you're in a tactical situation, speed never beats accuracy. It never does. Take the extra split second and find the sights because you got to have a balance between speed and accuracy because only hits count. So now that we're into the shotgun, do we want to talk about ammunition? What do you choose for your, if you're going to use a shotgun, what would you choose for ammo? 12-gauge buckshot. Uh, I would also like to have some slugs in a side saddle for a select load or select shell procedures. In the gun, 12-gauge buckshot. That's uh, what I would choose myself. Are you talking double-aught or number four? Well, uh, double-aught buck, if my shotgun is capable, I would go ahead and go with the 3-inch shells as well. Now, my wife, however, if she's running that 20-gauge or the 12-gauge, I probably don't want to have 3-inch shells in that gun for that reason. Maybe something a little bit less recoil. Well, you could let her train with the shorter ones and then just load it up with the longer ones, right? And then yeah, at least that, fir- that first round, she won't know what to anticipate. So, so, so she scares the bad guy with the cha-ching, and then mm-hmm. the bad guy comes, he keeps coming anyway, and then uh, she scares herself by getting a heck of a lot more recoil than she was accustomed to. Yeah, that sounds real yeah, good, John. Good advice. So much that at that point, threat's down, right? All right. All right, not so good, huh? Yeah, well, if that first shot hits well, then I guess it could be. In my experience, first shots don't usually do anything by themselves. Or they don't usually completely end anything. I'd like to have good, accurate, quick follow-on shots. Certainly. So, you know, we, there are a couple differences with the uh, the buck, different types of buck shot out there. And I kind of feel the same way. I mean, let's throw this out there. Some people will say that bird shot's a good alternative because of, you know, the lack of over penetration. It's true. It may not penetrate as much, but by the fact that it doesn't penetrate as much is it may not uh, penetrate into the bad guy enough to get him or her to stop what they're doing. And especially so. you live in the uh, northeast where you are, where it gets incredibly cold in the wintertime, and people, if someone were trying to do you harm in your home, uh, they're probably not going to be dressed in a wife-beater t-shirt and a pair of shorts, right? 
Mm. Yeah, most likely. Lots of clothing, leather jacket, birdshot. It's just not going to be very effective. Yeah, so that's um, that's kind of how I'm tracking if I'm going to run the shotgun. But I, as far as you know, like we like when we started talking, you know, the pistol's going to be my first go-to just because of uh, familiarity and all the things you can you can do with it. And then, you know, based on the ballistics, uh, the AR would be my second choice. Shotgun ends up uh, still a valid choice, but for my personal situation, ends up being the uh, the third choice. That's why I believe in the whole system. The wife next to me or slightly dispersed from me so that he can't quickly transition from target to target, running that 20 gauge, me running an AR, and also wearing the body armor that we talked about in the last episode, where that whole system, I've got my body armor on, she's on the phone, I'm primary defensive shooter right now, she's primary communicator to dispatch. Or, you know, calling emergency services. Uh, but she's also got the gun if she, in case I go down. And I've got my body armor, and I've already I've got my pistol. And I have went to my child, brought him back in here, and now I've holstered my pistol on my rig that I'm wearing on my chest, which is also body armor. And now I'm aiming at my door, giving commands, ready to lay into somebody who comes into that door. My rifle goes down for a stoppage or for whatever happens. Uh, maybe I just run out of ammunition. Uh, and I'm just that bad of a shot. Hopefully that's not the case. Uh, I can quickly transition to my pistol that's right there on my chest, and now I continue to fight, and she continues to do what she's doing. Uh, I think that, that whole system is where it comes together. We're not like, okay, I'm here now. Now I don't need the pistol. Now I can use the rifle. You can set that pistol down on the bed or whatever you're hiding behind, You know, something next to you, so you can go to that pistol quickly and just drop that whatever long gun you're using. You know, so you, it's not like we're, we're quitting on anything. Uh, we're using it all. But a uh, different application for different things, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think uh, I think we've kind of beat that uh, topic up a little bit. Be uh, curious to hear what the uh, listeners think, especially you know sometimes the uh, the shotgun, the birdshot versus buckshot versus slugs. And people have some definite opinions on that. Curious to hear what uh, you guys out there are using. Yep, uh, definitely hit us up on Facebook, Freedoms Network, in our forum section, our group there. And or send us emails of your comments or questions. And we're also looking for our next show topic. We may end this home defense situation right now series, or uh, we might keep it going if we get some more good questions and the more topics to cover. All right. Well, we want to invite you guys to come join us over on Freedoms Network. And uh, the link is on GunfighterCast page. If you haven't been to the GunfighterCast page, go to www.gunfightercast.com and check it out. Did a lot of cool stuff to it. Looks nice. Send us your feedback and what you think about it, what you think it needs. So, yeah, Daniel's done a lot of work on the uh, the web page. I have um, done none of it. So, check it out. He's uh, done a great job making that a uh, a nice page to look at. John is being very modest. He was there with me in spirit every moment and always provided me good moral support. Come talk to us on Facebook and the Freedoms Network. We're on Google+, Plus, but nobody else is. Follow us on Twitter. So find us on Twitter, at GunfighterCast. Thank you. We've got a few iTunes reviews in the past month. Really appreciate that. It helps us out a lot moving up in the iTunes rankings and letting other people looking for shows to listen to. It shows them, okay, I don't want to listen to these clowns, or, wow, I, I want to check this out because it has 375 reviews, and they're all five stars. Uh, so we really appreciate that, and uh, keep sending those iTunes reviews. It only takes a second. Just jump on there and say something real quick, and uh, we will appreciate it. Also, if you have an Android device or an Apple device, 
then you can download the app from the iTunes App Store. It costs you $1.99. That's a way for you to donate to Gunfightercast and get a little something in return. Uh, and if you're an Android user, then you can get it for free from Android. Excellent. And like uh, we already talked about, 2012 Podcast Awards at podcastawards.com. Uh, we're trying for the entertainment. No, we're not trying it. We're trying education, correct? Yep, we're trying education and people's choice. At least put us in those two, please. And if you want to lie, best produced. Yeah, if you want to lie, put best produced down too. All right, well, that's pretty much all I have for episode number 71. You got anything else, John? Uh, No, thanks for uh, another fun episode. Yep. At least from my perspective. All right, well, we'll do it again next time. Until then, Gunfighter Cast out. Don't you have to tell us to be safe? I don't have to. I think you know by now to be safe, but be safe. 